This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fireteam Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Today on the show, we have Ernest Gonzalez. He's a United States Army veteran. He deployed to Afghanistan from 2010 to 2011, where he was hit with an IED on July 4th, 2011. He is a father of five. He lives in San Antonio, Texas, and his day job is a diesel generator mechanic, and he is just getting started with his dream to be an entrepreneur and work for himself. He has a dream to own a ranch in Texas where he wants that peace of mind that a lot of veterans are looking after transitioning, and he wants to own a piece of God's earth under the Texas stars. Ernest, welcome to the show. I'm glad you came on. Thank you for having me. Can you describe what your family looks like right now and any gaps in that, in that intro? Oh, family looks really good. Um, very, very happy as far as where we're going, life path-wise, and uh, pretty happy with life on, in general. Um, married, got a son. We're looking to add to that family soon, so things are looking good. I didn't know that news. Yeah, we've been kind of keeping it secret, but, you know, finances first, so it's working toward goals, and then once we get our goals set in stone, we're looking to add to the family. Nice. I can only imagine what that what that kid dent in the universe is going to be. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be a good one. Wait, what does it mean to you when you hear the words come home? The words come home have had different meanings to me throughout my life. Uh, at a younger age, when I first in, initially entered the military, the words come home just meant exactly that, come home. Just come to the house in a physical more of a physical mindset of just being there and being around the family. As I got older and got married, the words come home began to mean more of emotionally, you're not here. And they wanted the emotional attachment of dad or husband. And I couldn't give them that. So as I got older, those simple words come home, began to take a whole new meaning of its own. It meant the combination of everything. Now, to me, when someone says come home, it's come home physically. I want you here. Come home mentally. I need you to be here with me. Come home emotionally. I need your emotional support. Come home spiritually and let's face whatever we're facing together. Just come home and, and let's be each other's rock. That's what the words come home now mean to me. I like that answer. And, and the words come home it's, it's the mission of the Veteran Dad Podcast and to bring every dad home. And I liked what you said about being emotionally and physically present with that family and, and the kids because that's that time never comes back. And those, I'm convinced that every time someone says those 
that kids grow up so fast. That's really just uh, also known as you were too busy doing other things to notice. Absolutely. hundred percent agree with that statement. And we hear it so often these days. Oh, they grow up so fast. Where did time go? That's just the polite way to say I wasn't there. Absolutely. And now, as I stated before, the words come home mean just that. Take the time that, it, you know, the child requires, my wife requires, any of my children need just to, hey, dad, let's go have some ice cream. Or, hey, dad, can you help me with my homework? Just that is what the words come home now mean to me. Just be here when I need you. Having five kids, you've had to, to get creative, I'm sure, to spend time with your kids. I'm a big believer that kids spell love, T-I-M-E. What are some time bombs and hacks that you use to connect with your kids that are nice, simple things, but your kids remember it? Or even what's a story of something that uh, one of your daughters or sons remembered years later that you didn't expect them to that had a huge impact? Cooking. Cooking has been the one constant for all my kids. Um, as they were younger, being able to teach them how to make simple, simple meals. Uh, now I I got 20 year old twin daughters. When they were younger, I taught them how to make pizzas, simple pizzas, get some dough, throw whatever toppings you want on there, whatever sauce you want on there. Uh, they're 20 now. And recently they came down to visit and they remembered making pizzas with me and they wanted to make their own pizzas nowadays. So that, um, has been the constant for me with my children is just cooking, spending a little bit of time when they're hungry to teach them how to cook a simple meal and have that bonding moment of, you know, this is your idea. This is your meal. This is something you created. And they remember that. They remember that uh, even nowadays, you know, my 15 year old son, the same thing. He remembers spending time with dad making homemade chicken tacos, you know, making tortillas by hand and just things of that nature. You know, my four year old now, he loves to make, sandwiches with me he loves to make his own biscuits and gravy and pigs in a blanket and he remembers those things aeropress coffee which i have to give a shout out to you mr colloy for introducing me to aeropress coffee i have a four-year-old who makes me aeropress coffee uh those moments you can't my four-year-old is uh doing it as well all the time we, he actually tried pushing the plunger through and uh just destroyed and spilled the whole thing all over the counter and I held my cool and I just cleaned it up and then we started over again. And Absolutely. Uh, same thing, you know, but it's those moments and those little things of spending their time with them and teaching them a life lesson and just being able to make them independent. And I think cooking, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's just because it's everything's hot when you're cooked, but there's something about cooking that parents initially put a lot of fear in that category. And there's a lot of protection of the kitchen from kids um, some of it probably comes from just creating a mess, but I'm a big believer that Miss Frizzle gives some of the best life advice of getting messy and making mistakes is uh, a lesson that's forgotten by adults many times. And the idea of cooking allows them, and in many cases, just cooking in general for even adults allows them to connect to their soul, their, their passions, their emotions, because your smells and I often will be cooking pancakes in the morning and we'll put a song on Alexa and we'll start dancing in the kitchen to it just to, to have fun together. And it's a, often a moment that's over forgotten is something that's stressful. Even when parents come home from, from work, they think they got to get ready for dinner. But so much of it can just be a time to connect with your kids. It doesn't have to be something that's a time away from them. It can be the favorite time of the night. Absolutely. And that's the way my wife and I look at it as that's a bonding moment for our family. 
we can get everybody involved and everybody can do a certain aspect and, you know, have create a creative idea and, and uh, just play around with it and have fun doing it. When your kids are 30, so you've got five kids at different ages and they're at a, at a bar talking with their friends. What do you want them to remember about Ernest Gonzalez, who that person was to them and what are those, what do you think a memory they would share? Maybe pizzas is one of them. <laughs> I'm sure pizzas would be one of them. Um, but the, one of the biggest things I believe they would share would be that dad never held them back, always pushed them to do better, push them to be creative with their own minds, to never settle for just okay. But dad never said, you can't do that. Dad said, if you want to do that, Let's figure it out together, and then we'll go from there. Um, based off my own failures and my own growing up um, situations, I refuse to tell my kids they can't do something. Uh, and that's my daughter just got back from Spain this year. She did a, a year or a few months over there studying abroad. And when she came back, she was like, thank you for pushing me to go and not being scared of something that wasn't in my comfort zone. So those things I believe they're going to remember and, and be able to tell their friends like when I was scared to do something, dad sat down and was like, you can do this. Just conquer your own fear. It's okay if you fail because we're only successful as many times as we fail. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I'm sure the, the same thing as you experienced traveling even to Afghanistan, those culture exposures add so much to the soul of perspective and curiosity and even what they want to do when they grow up. Like it's so much of what your life, you have to really get out of your life in order to figure out what you want to do with your life and traveling overseas is an easy way to, for our kids to experience life in a way we were able never to provide in some cases. And also just to detach and be the, be their own self to not be someone else's standard and any of that. Stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and just like the military where we all come from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different parts of the country, uh, yet you created that bond, that camaraderie, that brotherhood, that sisterhood with your fellow veterans because you were all you had and you learned something new from your, your fellow brothers and sisters about their upbringing, where they come from, their culture. And just having that diversity gives you a upper hand as far as being sociable with other people when you do want to adventure on your own. Uh, it teaches you just to be Accept, accepting to different ideas and open up to different cultures and being able to see things from a different view and not just tunnel vision. Couldn't agree more. As a dad, what was your scariest moment? And what did that moment teach you and, and grow as a dad? Scariest moment would have to be when I got divorced the first time um, and watching my kids get on the airplane and leave uh, for New York to live with their mother and her family. Uh, and knowing that I would not never see my kids on a day-to-day basis was probably the hardest and most painful <clears throat> moment for me. Um, having to deep dig deep down and understand that what their mother was doing was best for the children and that having to accept that, but the pain that it felt and this just, knowing that they weren't going to be there every day was really uh, scary. And it really made me dig deep down inside and, and reevaluate my own, my own life and my own uh, ways of thinking and decision-making. 
at that moment, did you have um, any ego left over from the military that held you back from dealing with it, like trying to avoid that emotion? Um, or did it, did it just, was it so overwhelming that you really couldn't avoid dealing with it? You had to, to sit in it. It, it, was, it varied. So one day it would be overwhelming and, you know, depression would kick in and, and contemplate, you know, you'd get thoughts of suicide and things of that nature. And then there's days where the ego would kick in and you'd be like, oh, it's just another, another one gone. I was replaced her with someone else. And, and there was days where one would overweigh the other, just outweigh the other. And having to deal with the different emotions on a daily basis was really hard. Not knowing whether today was going to be a emotional day or a non-emotional, have no emotions at all. Having to deal with that and then still functioning on a day-to-day basis, still going to work and trying to be productive and putting a, keeping a smile on your face as if nothing's wrong and trying to do your best work so you don't get fired. And it was a lot. It was a lot. It was hard. It was scary. It was painful. Um, I'm sure everybody at one point in life has, has gone through that and really had to reevaluate re- themselves and just look in the mirror. For other dads that might be going through that moment, what's a piece of advice that you might give them when they have that echo chamber in their head saying that they're broken? Family, whether it's military family or blood family, people who know you best and people who know who you are internally, not the external facade that we put on as veterans, but the internal person who we are. People who know that when you're hurting, you're hurting, even if you have a smile on your face and it will support you whether it's just hanging out for the evening or going to dinner or just grabbing a beer and drinking or blood family who you grew up with, who knows you like the back of their hand and knows your weaknesses and strengths and is able to provide that support to you that it's going to be okay. I know it's hard and it's painful and it's stressful and life looks bleak, but it's okay. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel was the biggest factor for me. Just having that support from my military family and my blood family. And I've been friends with you for a while now, and I can easily say some of the dark times that you've been through that I've been by your side, I can say that family has been your, your strength that you've gone back to. And I think so much for veterans, the, the loneliness that we all have when we transition, that we never really realized that that tribe, but finding whatever tribe that is for you, wherever it is, even if it's not family, even if it's not friends, finding a new tribe, that tribe is the one thing that's going to help you lift what uh, what you have going on in your life in the Marine Corps, and I'm sure in the Army, the same thing. If you can't lift it, you just don't have enough Marines trying. And I've taken that to life, being if you have something in your life that you can't lift by yourself, that just means you're alone, and you're not meant to lift everything life has to give you alone. And that's what you have friends and family for, because they'll be there to help lift it with you. And that's exactly what you learn to do throughout those scary moments. Absolutely, uh, and you know, like you said a while ago or previously that you were there with me for some of my darkest, you know, times. And it was the fact that you were there that was able to help me get through it. It was someone that I could talk to, whether it was just going to have breakfast in the morning, but someone I could just talk to and vent to without having the, the feeling of I'm being judged. It was just being able to talk to you, get things off my chest, vent, and then go about my day. Um, but having those interactions with people you know, people you trust, people you love, really help get you through those dark times. I'll never forget that breakfast. That was a powerful breakfast and uh, it was a hard breakfast, but it was one that was well, was well worth the 45 minutes to, to sit down with you. 
Absolutely. It was it was needed on my end. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> you have multiple families. Well, the family you have now, let's look at it from that point of view. What do you want your family, your, your new family, your legacy to be? What do you, when, when they describe the Gonzalez family, what do you want them to remember or people to use to describe it? Fun, loving, caring, respectful, a family who enjoyed life and everything life threw at them. Good, bad, ups, downs, just rode the roller coaster of life and smiled along the way, leaned on each other along the way and didn't use the hardships and the downs of life to keep our children from reaching their own goals to teaching, using life as a, as a, as a tool to teach them, it's going to be up and down. It's going to go like a roller coaster. You just ride it and you keep going, but you do it with a smile on your face and you lean on us when you need it. I don't know if you've ever considered your life, but as you answered that question, you remind me of an early story that you told me, um, that your dad always taught you that life was like baseball. And I've, as you're talking about your legacy, I would describe the Gonzalez legacy on my as we played life like a like baseball game. There were wins, there were losses, there were struggles, there were home runs even. And we taught our family to, to live life like baseball. Absolutely. Uh, I still teach that to my kids. I still use baseball as a life tool. Uh, you get, go to bat and you strike out. You know, you're not always going to hit the ball, but you strike out and you pick yourself back up and you get ready for the next to bat. You know, just like baseball, life's not going to throw you straight fastballs every time. It'll throw you a curveball every now and then. It'll throw you a screwball every now and then, especially when you least expect it or when you least need it to happen. And when it happens, you just you strike out, but you pick yourself back up and you get ready for the next to bat. The game goes on. And you're, you're, you also taught your, your family – that your family is your team going back to having that team there when you need them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, living up there in Illinois with you during that time frame. I mean, my brother drove from 21 hours from Texas to Illinois to help me pack the house up. And then we got about six hours of sleep and then we're back on the road at in about six hours, you know, it's, and that showed me a lot about my family that when they did say, we'll be there if you need us, just call us. They meant it. They were there. What do you think the biggest difference in the Ernest Gonzalez today versus the one when he transitioned out of the army? The one that transitioned out of the army had an ego, a huge ego um, that I didn't, I no longer needed the military or needed the people around me at that time. I was self-sufficient and being able to tackle life on my own. And about a year after that, I got knocked on my butt, life knocked me on my butt. Uh, the Ernest today doesn't really have an ego, still has a little chip on his shoulder, but not an ego and is always now looking at helping others, wanting to be that helping hand that I needed and I received during my initial uh, departure of the military, my initial ETS timeframe, uh, and be that person when everything does feel lonely. The Ernest Gonzalez now is more of, let me be your brother, because I've been there, I've done that, you're not going to go through this alone. When previously, I would have been like, I don't need your help. There was something that I realized when I was blogging in my early days of uh, being a writer that I used to think in my life that uh, I was pushed down and picked on for just being me. And that always was something holding me back. But just like what you're saying, 
I realized and shifted all of that, that early in my life, people pushed me down so that later I could pull people up and that you would know what that looked like on someone's face. So like now I bet you can see it a mile away when someone has that look on their face that they're trying to hide, but that's a look that you tried to hide yourself and you now know what that looks like to hand out that reaching hand and say, Hey, I got you. Absolutely. Uh, I hear it all the time. I'll just see somebody and Hey man, what's going on? You all right? And, uh, they'll be very consistent with and persistent that, no, they're fine. And the more I press, I finally get the answer. How did you know something was wrong? But I've been there, man. I've seen that look. I've had that look. I know that look. Talk to me. What's going on? And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what keeps me going through the day is being able to be that helping hand that I received when I needed it. What advice would you give to a dad looking to come home to his marriage? I know you've had marriages that haven't worked out for you. What advice would you send back to someone that maybe hasn't um, reached the end of their marriage yet, but is still looking to try to figure out how to come home to it? Put your family above everything else. Uh, biggest killer for me was putting work above family. Having that mindset of I got to work, I got to make money, I got to make sure the bills are paid, I got to make sure we have this and we have that. And putting my family's needs um, after that, um, not being there emotionally, being there physically and financially, but not being there emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Um, put your family first. If be open, be an open book. Let them read you, but also listen to what they have to say, uh, because they may be going through something that you don't know about uh, unless you sit there and listen. Um, a lot of times what I've realized in my previous marriages, I've been married twice, or this is my third time, uh, was that I didn't put their needs above my work. I didn't put my children's needs above my work. I didn't put my wife's needs above my work. Uh, I was always on call and always the first to volunteer to jump up and go do something for work, uh, even if my wife had something planned or if the children had something plan for the weekend. I didn't put their emotional or spiritual or mental needs um, before anything else. And that'd be my advice. If, if things are looking dark and bleak, you know, sit down with the family and just listen to what they have to say. If they're saying something and it's very targeting against you, it's usually because you're not there in one shape, form, or fashion. Either not there physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. And you're missing the complete completeness and the wholeness of what family really is. It's not just being there physically or one of the four. It's being there all together. Or even providing. It's not enough just to provide. Right. It's not enough just to be a financial provider and ensuring the bills are paid and, you know, kids have everything they need for school. Um, they, they need more than that. We all need more than that. When Even as veterans, when we transition and we're looking for that guidance, we we don't know who to turn to. We don't um, because we're missing those emotional connections, those spiritual connections, the mental connections. We have the physical connections, but we don't have the other aspects. And family's the same way. They have to have all the aspects of every connection to be to be genuinely happy because they know dad's there, you know, brothers there for any no matter what reason. They're there for me to talk to. They're there if they just need to listen. They're there for me to vent. They're there in all phases. 
what are some things that you do maybe today? I'm not sure whether you did them back then um, to date your wife. I've heard never to stop dating your wife. And we often assume once we're married that there's a, a, a transition to a different way of life. But in reality, marriages start to, to fizzle out once people start stop dating their wife. So what do you do today to connect with your wife? Good question. We, we have date night. So we do a date night about once every two, three weeks. We'll go out to dinner, maybe watch a movie, uh, and just hang out, just the two of us. Uh, when we don't have plans to go out or do anything of that nature, we turn our all cell phones off, and we'll put some music on, and we'll just dance in the, in the living room. We'll put some music on, dim the lights, and we'll just pretend we're at a club and dance, just have a good time. Uh, when we do have to do things together as chores, we make it fun. We're a competition where who cooks better or who does this better and make it enjoyable. Well, I can't imagine who's going to win a cooking competition. <laughs> I was, um, That's not even a competition. My wife makes some really good Midwest food. A lot of winter foods. I'm not very good at winter foods. She does. <laughs> does she make good dishes? How is her Midwest uh, uh, Tex-Mex? She's still working on it. She's still working <laughs> on it. <laughs> but she makes some killer chicken and dumplings. I will say that much. But, um, Chicken and dumplings is a good one, or even just chicken and biscuits. Yes, she, she does. She's very well at the winter foods, being that it's winter in Midwest, about 10 months out of the year. But uh, no, we, we just try to keep it enjoyable. We try to keep it fun. We, even when we got it, when we had little ones with us, we don't have a babysitter, we still, you know, involve him in, in our date nights. You know, we'll do things and uh, just keep that spark there. We laugh. We laugh a lot. That's been the key factor for us. It's just laughing. Even when we're angry, we laugh and laugh and laugh and then just realize it's petty. But that spark stays there because we try to be like high school kids. I like all that. That's very good stuff. I'm sure that's going to help a veteran out there somewhere. What is a resource or a book you would recommend to other military veteran dads and why? I read quite a few books in, in uh, my time from since the military, but the one book that really opened my eyes to a better life as far as being there for my family and setting goals and really focusing on being that better family, not better person, not better husband, but better family has been Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Read that book, and it really opened my eyes as far as how I was living my life very materialistically and very shallow. Um, wasn't really setting my kids up for success. Wasn't setting up myself or my family for success. With me. We had no goals. We had no, nothing to strive for, nothing to shoot for, nothing to, to feel accomplished. Uh, after reading the book, we set goals looking to you know get a house next next year june looking to get some land ranch and, and we've been accomplishing small goals up to this point and each goal just feels like a great accomplishment for all of us we'll sit there and we'll laugh and that'll be kind of our date night once we accomplish a goal we'll go celebrate with the date night um our hard work is not lost you know we set a goal we knocked it out let's go celebrate together husband and wife and uh, so that would be the one book I recommend for people who are looking to change their lifestyle and really focus on, on being better 
um, Dave Ramsey Total Money Makeover. That book for me transitioned my mindset from one that felt like a NASCAR race that was going around in circles with really no end in sight. And you've got 500 laps, which let's call your 80 year life. And it was just like, this is just pointless. We're just going around and around and around without really anywhere to go. And it's like transitioning from a NASCAR race to an indie race where you're going or a Grand Prix where you're going with roads, you're going out in the country, you're exploring, you're seeing new things. And it allows your money to have purpose instead of something that is just a tool that never seems you have enough. And it slowly starts to change your mindset over time. So I love that book as well. And I just paid off all of our debt this summer and I knocked out for us. It was almost $80,000 since I in three years when I found the total money makeover. Awesome. Um, the one thing it also did for us was found other hobbies for us to do that didn't involve spending money. It, it found other avenues for us to enjoy life together um, that didn't involve spending money at all. Maybe putting gas in the car, but other than that, we didn't spend any money. We went and hung out at parks and just did things, nature walks and trail hikes, and we really enjoyed that. We found that we really enjoyed being outdoors as a family. And as we record this episode, it was just Black Friday, and I couldn't help but thinking on Black Friday of how many people are out there mindlessly just blowing money on materialistic things that actually add no value to people's lives that end up just getting collected in their basement like the stuff in my basement. And how much of that money could have been put towards an experience that could have shaped a kid's life forever? whether it been a visit to a national park. And I just read an article this morning that for someone that doesn't like gifts, a perfect gift for someone like that is a national parks season pass, which is like 98 bucks, which is like the best value ever. Where I was also thinking it could be transitioned to a state park pass for a family that loves getting outdoors, that that would be a awesome way to, instead of giving someone the gift of a, new Paw Patrol toy that never stops coming <laughs> given the gifts of the outdoors to, to, to expect, um, to expect the unexpected and see what's out there for him. Absolutely. Uh, I know here in Texas, we have a junior ranger program with all the state parks and you register your children and they, every state park that you visit, they get a badge from that park and little mementos and souvenirs from each park. And they're able to build, their little collection of all the different parks they visited. And uh, I know our little one enjoys it. He has a great time when we go to parks and get those new souvenirs and being able to put it to his collection. So it's pretty awesome. It's, it, are the parks free in Texas? They, some of them are free to get in. Some of them are have a cover charge of like $3 to get in. But it's nothing outrageous. I mean, we pack a lunch, take an ice chest with some sandwich meat, some bread, and some Gatorades, and then uh, go pay your $3 to get in. And then enjoy the day out hiking and adventuring. Yeah. I think Wisconsin's is like $20 for a season pass, which is like nothing compared to what value you can get back from it. Absolutely, It's almost just more of a pain in the butt to try to get and have than it is to actually have to worry about paying for it. <laughs> well, you only have two months to really enjoy it. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how Illinois keeps them. Their parks are free and they're, they're so in debt. I keep thinking it's got to end one day for them. <laughs> that is true. Well, Ernest, it was great having this conversation. I know we impacted some military veteran dad today, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm always uh, here to, to help whenever I can, and I'm always never afraid to ask for help either. So that's another thing to take away from this. Never, don't be afraid to ask. 
I appreciate the support of the mission. Thank Thank you. you. That's a wrap. And thank you for listening to today's show. And I really hope you enjoyed it. The lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet in iTunes, I would really appreciate it. And you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.